This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This week, we've got great offers at your local SuperValue, like SuperValue Fresh Irish Park Bone Chicken Breasts, 610 gram, half price. SuperValue Fresh Irish Strip Loin Steak, save 33%. And great half price laundry offers like Personal Liquid 24 Wash, 5 euro 16. SuperValue, believe in low prices. To help us all keep safe, please continue to adhere to our safety guidelines in store. Welcome to Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent, and today I am joined by Tracy Raven. Hey, Ben MP. Hi, nice Tracy. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really, really good to have you on. And oh my God, what a week you've had! It's been incredibly busy, quite intense, but yes. all very exciting and positive. Yes. So tell us a bit about why. Well, why you've been all over the news this week? Really, what's been happening? Well, I. I mean, I, I'm astonished that I've been all over the news because it just seems like uh, almost something and nothing. But I went to um, work uh, in a new dress. And it's a lovely dress, by the way. You, thank you. A slightly off-the-shoulder dress. I went to a UK music event, which are my stakeholders in my new role as uh, Shadow Secretary mm. for DCMS. So we had a really great meeting. And then I heard that um, Number 10 had decided... It was going to choose which journalists were invited into a briefing about the new trade deal with the EU. And I will just say I wasn't invited, by the way. I wasn't there. So so this is why it was really important. So I then asked a really important point of order about the fact that the civil servants are making this decision. They're supposed to be non-political. What's going on? Challenging the fact that you weren't invited (laughs) to that briefing and other really, you know, established and um, talented journalists because everybody around the country wants to know what's going on with this trade deal. You know, our manufacturing depends on it, our opportunities. It's really important. What I didn't realise is that because I've got a broken ankle and I have to lean slightly on the dispatch box that my dress fell a little bit lower Mm -hmm. than you would have it if you were stood. And then just the Twitter sphere went mad with a complete rudeness about me being a slag and a slut. Anyway, um, there were so many that I just made a little tweet about who who knew that anybody could, you could get so emotional over a shoulder. And this seemed to catch uh, a common interest about the fact that men often feel very comfortable telling women what to wear. It was horrible, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to stop you there for a second because I read some of the replies, sadly, just to kind of get a flavour of what was going on. And, you know, as an MP and as a journalist as well, not quite on your level, but you do get used to that backlash on Twitter. But this was bad. It was a bad one. And it was all focused on what you were wearing and your appearance, wasn't it? You can yeah. kind of take a bit of criticism if it's for what you're saying and your ideas. You might disagree, but... It seemed completely unfair that you were making such an important, passionate and kind of well-articulated point 
for people to just realise that your shoulder was out a bit. But it's a way that it's a way to silence women. It is. It's you know, it's the way to shut us up to say that you don't look good enough for me yeah. or good enough for us. Um, and back in the day when I was a kid, we called it slut shaming. Yeah, yeah. You know that you that actually it's diminishing a woman talking about her looking cheap and that sexualized language. So it you know it was important for me to push back because I'm privileged that it didn't really bother me. Like yourself, I've sort of got used to it. Um, but th- there are places around the country where women are taking this day in day out from the people they work with and the people who are supposed to, you know, uh, care, you know, have a duty of care for them in in the workplace, and they they don't have that voice. So just important to push back. Um, and then I just thought there's got to be some good because there was a sense of positivity around that pushback. And I thought, well, let's see if we were to auction the dress because everybody's talking about the dress. Maybe I can make 50 quid for girl guiding. Yeah. The dress was 35, so I thought, yeah, if I could just double it, that would be great. Well, I don't know quite what has gone on, <laughs> but it's now at 15,800. That's incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's reaching such a fat amount. I mean, are those... I, I haven't seen the listing for for a couple of days, but are they all kind of small bids building up? Has there been one big bidder? Is it, or, or, or don't really know at this stage? Well, it's nearly 200 bidders, wow. but there are 3,000 people watching it. That's incredible. I know, and there's two days to go. And my understanding about eBay is in the last hour or so, it does uh, sort of um, catch on and people start to wow. bid. But I just want to say thank you, whoever you are who's bidding, Thank you, thank you. And if you didn't win out, you know, if you didn't uh, bid the, uh, and get the dress, please do think about donating to Girl Guiding because they are amazing. And when I was just thinking about what was happening to me, I have two g- girls, um, 27 and 22, and they have to deal with this everyday sexism all the time. And, I, you know, I just thought, what organisation can give young girls confidence um, especially, you know, Instagram and social media. It's always yeah, making us feel pressure. rubbish about ourselves and, you know, our bum's big or whatever. And we start to just obsess about ourselves in a way that boys don't. Yeah. Boys are outward-facing and, you know, they're playing football and they're collegiate and they're working in teams. I mean, obviously, massive generalisations here. Um, and they don't seem to be spending the same amount of hours looking in their phone's posing or you know checking themselves in mirrors all the time in the same way that some girls do so I was just thought whatever I raise give it to an organization that really empowers young girls and girl guiding are amazing and it's not just in the UK it's across the world it's really important I think because you know you look at in in this fight there are no political colours are there you look at the way that Theresa May was often treated when she was Prime Minister people would talk about her you know leopard print kitten heels or or I remember that headline Legsit rather Mm. than Brexit Mm. it's something that I think is really important to push back on I mean is that is that a reason you chose Girl Guiding because of the work they do? Absolutely, because they empower young girls to um, feel like leaders, mm-hmm. to be self-confident, to work together, to be, own their future. Um, they are a phenomenal organisation. But I would say about Theresa May's Kitten Heels, <clears throat> it was comments about her her attire, but it hadn't sexualised her. Yes, that's very true. And that's the this was what was really sticking, you know, in my. Craw, I don't know what quite what the phrase is, but really got to me was the fact that it made me a sexual being because of a shoulder. Yeah. 
And we just agreed that there can be breastfeeding in the chamber. So what does that mean? That a woman who's going to feed her baby can't show her shoulder. It's going to send everybody mad. It did feel like some sort of weird Victorian England. She showed a slip of ankle. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what is it about the shoulder that is so um, risque or saucy? I mean, there there was nothing about it. You didn't see any, you know, boobage. You didn't, you know, nothing. It was just all pure shoulder. But the, the more fundamental point is women who stand up to speak, to get their voice heard, should not have to put up with this rubbish, primarily from men. And we've got to call it out. We've got to, whoever says it, we've got to diminish them and hopefully push back in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the auction has really gone beyond my wildest dreams um, in that it's just, you know, it's um, just said to the haters, well, actually, cheers, mate, because yeah. actually this has done a real, a massive bit of goodness for the Girl Guides. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting what you say there that, you know, we have to push back on this and that it's women, often in the public eye, but in, in you know, everyday life as well, who are being targeted by this. Because... Of course, in you know the last few days as well, we've had the sentencing of a young man who was sending malicious communications to your colleague and our fellow Yorkshire MP, Yvette Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have to put a disclaimer warning on the podcast, but I think it's important that we hear the words that he said. You know, he called her a whore in one of those messages that he sent her. And that is sexualised language that we're talking about, mm-hmm. isn't it? And it's really important to push back against this. Are there... Are there initiatives that you're involved in in Parliament or without that, that kind of try and deal with this? Because, you know, we've got the um, the uh, Commission for Stands in Public Life, for example, haven't we? This is something that I think you're involved in. You have to correct me if I'm wrong. And how important is it that we stop it? Well, obviously, the situation with Yvette is a hundred times worse than the situation with me. Sure. I mean, it was a violent threat. And also, it implicates the government because okay. he got um, a, a, a reference from um, the MP in Morley, Andrea yeah. Jenkins. So it is grubby. Uh, and also, very questionable that the Conservative Party felt that he was a a person that should represent the brand of their party. Yeah, he was at the election count, wasn't he? Exactly, yeah. and actually that's also very worrying that he managed to get to the to the count um, whilst he was under investigation and Yvette was potentially in a very vulnerable place. I think the whole thing has been terribly handled um, and thank goodness Yvette is so... She's a very strong-minded woman and I'm sure had it happened to maybe a new MP, they'd be more shaken by this. But it is totally wrong but you're right that the language is male language to diminish a woman but also he did threaten her safety um i think what do we do well certainly it's calling out the um social media platforms and that's why i'm very uh well frustrated that the online harms white paper you know it came out in april and then there was the shenanigans about in october about they couldn't work out um age verification so that was all missteps and mistakes and now we're getting soundings that it might be out this week i thought it was gonna be out today and it might not be now till tomorrow we have to get a grip of social media platforms that this sort of hounding and harassment means you're completely blocked 
You, it is not acceptable and they have to work incredibly swiftly. They have their algorithms. And for example, there is no nudity on Facebook, but you can have it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why can you have nudity on Twitter? Absolutely. This is, this is um, uh, something that we've seen as a feed. I have occasionally had Twitter spam that is live sex. Yeah. You know, how on earth has that come onto my phone? I didn't ask for it. I didn't reach out for it. It's spam to me. And I'm a... You know, middle-aged woman with two kids. What if I was a 16-year-old who would have been very disconcerted? Or younger. (coughs) Absolutely. You know, it's not not just kind of teenagers who are, you know, 16 and above that have access to Twitter and Instagram and things like this, is it? It's, it's, you know, children. It is children. 40% of under-13s are on social media. Well, there we go, exactly. So we we know they have access to it. So we need these billion-dollar companies to absolutely have a duty of care for uh, our citizens because they have to assume that safety is built into the product. So in the same way that when you build a playground, you have health and safety and uh, standards at the forefront of your mind. You know, social media is amazing and full of creativity and good about sharing and connection and access to you know, very famous people or politicians, you know, it's really great. But we absolutely need to build in safety as standard. It can't be just something bad happens and then we just patch it up. Um, Or we just, you know, try and uh, just warm words and then nothing changes. The escalation of speed at which social media changes and the way that people can, um, uh, you know, uh, bypass uh, warnings or bypass uh, you know supportive messages that this is going to trigger suicide mm. or whatever people bypass it we need to have the processes in place to protect people so for example that that guy he sh- I'm sure Yvette did do it um, alerted Twitter or whoever to him and that should be completely closed down immediately I also say that if you've got an egg and you're just a blue egg, you shouldn't have a... You can't be a bot. It can't be anonymous. Yeah, yeah. be anonymous. Um, and certainly on, on Facebook, I have loads of anonymous bots mm. and they have fake profiles and they're just absolutely vile. They should be closed down immediately. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we should have it in our own gift with the press of a button to close down the people we don't want to talk to. And you can say block... But then they morph they into back. four others, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So it's really important that we have the opportunity to take control. Because actually, when Facebook has 53 billion cash dollars in the bank after paying out its shareholders, mm-hmm. they have an obligation to not just be motivated by money, but to be motivated by safety and the quality of the experience. When um, there was a survey done, 1,600 adults and 53% of them said they'd experienced in the last year online harms. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. It's not even children we're talking about. So things like revenge porn or scamming or um, online, you know, fake accounts Mm -hmm. or fraud. All of these things, we need to be protected from this new world. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of ties in, doesn't it? On a that's that's the important and kind of you know the serious side that you're working on. But it ties in with your new role, of course, as mm-hmm. uh, shadow culture secretary. Congratulations! Thank you. So I'm so excited. Haven't actually kind of really spoken to you since that because mm-hmm. it's been so busy, hasn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, you know, there, there's that important side to it. But 
I imagine you're looking forward to kind of getting down to doing some of the some of the fun stuff as well. What are your what are your kind of aims in the role? My one of my biggest priorities. I mean, having been an actor uh, and a writer for over thirty years, um, I've already been doing this work for the last three years on uh, whilst being an MP, um, and it seems the stakeholders are very happy yeah. that somebody who has experience of the you know the industry and so on oh, and the challenges you know it. well you know they, they do they do seem sort of universally happy so that's good um, but what's been fabulous is being able to lobby for example for Channel 4 to come to Leeds and for that to happen to support Screen Yorkshire and their amazing work that they do but also to say that when we're talking about leveling up you know Boris Johnson's famous phrase <laughs> it has to be not just about having glittering offers, cultural offers for cities. It's also got to be what is in our towns. Mm. Um, and when the, uh, the Arts Council did a survey where they said um, they worked out that people will choose a place to live uh, for its cultural offer marginally above the quality of schools. Now that blew my mind. Yeah. That if there's a, a great vibrant cultural scene like Hebden Bridge or yeah. somewhere like that, they're more likely to move there than somewhere else. Wow, that's amazing. I know, it's good, isn't it? I have no idea. And only, it's marginally above good schools. Now, that is a real driver for families to move into an area with a good school. Mm -hmm. So if we can give a cultural offer to our communities, then this is a way to revitalise and re-energise and bring regeneration money to our towns. Mm. And certainly, you know, looking at the decimation of the Red Wall, how do we, you know, what is our labour offer again? And my mission is to work with our councils to say, we know that you've had 60p and every pound taken out of your budget, but actually there are smart ways to um, use what is left in your budget, whether that's social prescribing to um, save you money from the NHS spend or adult social care mm -hmm. spend. Um, whether it's uh, youth programmes like youth theatre or filmmaking or songwriting to stop antisocial behaviour and the cost of that with policing. There's lots of creative ways to cut this cake. Yeah. And when we're talking about the high street, the offer of an empty shop for a pop-up for a, a, a young group of uh, a band to rehearse mm -hmm. or you know, looking at things in a more creative way I think, can build a sense of what it means to be a, a, live in a Labour council okay. or a Labour area and also just to bring joy back into people's lives because when everything is sucked out, when you've lost your post office, when you've lost your bank, the bus services are rubbish, you can't get into the city because the last bus is half past eight because you can't get home. You know, these things impact on well-being and quality of life. Yeah. So let's say high Top quality is important. We're not just going to give you crumbs, but with um, the Arts Council, have a fantastic scheme called Creative People and Places. Okay. And it's high-end, well-funded culture driven by the community mm. um, and uplifting members of the community into new skills, new ambitions and optimism and aspiration. This can be a fantastic power mm. and a lever to change that um, that black hole that the cities sometimes can be with all the sort of cultural funding going into those communities. Yeah. You know, we have to say your voice is important, your sense of place and belonging. We want to hear about what you have to say, whether you're young or old. You know, what's your story about when you first came to this community? What's your story about when you worked in the mills? Where's that... Um, 
explosion of uh, creativity that young children can have in schools in their community. You know, we really have to focus on libraries and art centres and get that excitement back. It's really exciting because, you know, where, where I grew up, I grew up in a town, not in Yorkshire, don't tell anyone, but my dad is from Halifax, um, uh, where there was, you know, quite a high level of deprivation. And um, mm. I remember going along to a theatre group every Thursday evening in the local community centre. And you're right, it builds that kind of belonging mm -hmm. and that sense of community. And it it does kind of help in lots of other ways, yeah. whether that's through having a support network. So I think you're right. I think that really could be a step towards, you know, rebuilding the community feel in these towns, which made mm -hmm. me feel like they've been forgotten for a long mm -hmm. time. Because, you know, a lot of places do feel like that, especially in, in our part of the world, in Yorkshire, don't mm -hmm. they? And it's, it's very interesting. You know, you spoke about Channel 4 there. They've said that it's a bit of a bit of a leap, old topics, but they've said one of the big reasons that they've chosen Leeds is because, of course, HS2, which, yeah. as we record today on Tuesday, has been given the go-ahead. I mean, does that does that help your your aims as well? Does that give you hope that maybe other other creative industries will be able to move out of London? It is great, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to pat uh, Boris Johnson on the back no. because the parlous way it's been managed is for after 10 years of conservative, you know, um, government, this is unraveled on their watch. So it, all the money that's been wasted, lack of oversight, lack of planning. I'm glad it's going ahead because it's about capacity. It's not about speed. Absolutely. So my issue is, how does this benefit my community? Yeah. So what would be helpful is to know how are my powder coaters involved in this are, are my upholsterers involved in making any of the you know um i i, I don't know the, the the offices where the workers will will be based for the next five years yeah. you know where is the impact on our communities and our towns because actually we wouldn't mind um getting involved Absolutely. and then we feel like we own it and it's not just happening over there with billions being spent and we are not getting any impact and bearing in mind Batley railway station doesn't even have disabled access oh, gosh. and you know our trains the, we've had such a terrible service for the last three five years so it's important that it happens it's important that we get that that regular service mm -hmm. however uh, Storm Chiara and suddenly Euston's closed, nobody's going north. And if you were filming, that would be a massive issue. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why people are choosing Pinewood. I see, yeah. Because it's um, London, you're based here, you don't have to move around. Yeah. So the issue is, we've got to get that right, but also we've got to enable communities like mine to be able to receive mm -hmm. that, that those cultural companies. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't got a boutique hotel, okay. and without that, you, don't, you, you can't have your actors stay. We haven't got... Um, Whilst we have empty buildings, we haven't got a building that we could use as a, an overspill film studio mm -hmm. or a soundstage. Um, our tech isn't um, up to, you know, industry standards. So in order to take the, the, the best of this, we also have to invest. We have to have that inward investment. And it's not just in skills. Of course, our young people need those skills. But it's also about what our offer is from our communities. And I've been trying to persuade Kirkley's Council... Uh, to buy into uh, a film location webs um, website, an app that you put on your council page where location scouts 
can look around your community looking for locations. Wow, okay, it's a small yeah. amount of money, but actually it could bring, in the same way Gentleman Jack came to Batley and Spend to be part of, uh, to film at Oakle Hall. Yeah. You bring in people who use taxis and restaurants. Yeah. There's inward investment. In the same way Halifax has been completely redefined by um, uh, Happy Valley and Absolutely. all the filming that's been going on there and Peace Hall. Yeah. You know, people take trips to Peace Hall from other other parts of Yorkshire. That's yeah. what I'd love. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think we'll round off there, but it sounds like you've got loads of really, really good ideas for the Culture Brief. And, you know, I think this is probably the start of something that could be really exciting for Yorkshire. We're always happy to have more people in the Shadow Cabinet and the Cabinet from Yorkshire, of course. So more power to us and good luck with the eBay bid as well. I hope it tops, ooh, what, what are we reckon? 20,000? Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> that's, a, that's a dream. <laughs> I mean, I was dreaming of 100 quid, so <laughs> I'm happy if it stalls at this. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tracy. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Pod Zone Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I've been Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent. You can find this podcast any place you usually get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else. Please leave us a review. It really helps other people find us. Share us on social media and make sure you tell all your friends. See you in fortnight. In a world where businesses can struggle with cash flow, come under attack from admin and lose track of payments, invoices, and performance. One business and accounting software solution can help you find it all. Enterprise, the invoicing, accounting, and business software that saves the day from admin. Get paid in a flash and take control of your day. Start using now for free for life. Visit enterprise.com.